Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realize that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing, or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Kerry Mulholland, welcome to Human Stories. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's very nice of you to talk to me. Um, now, um, I want to talk to you about alcohol. Oh, Because yeah. um, I, I understand, <laughs> and you need to correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, it was a problem for you. And so I need your story because the whole idea of human stories is that somebody listening to this might you know, be inspired by what you've got to say or they might identify and say, yeah, that's exactly what I did and so on. So I, I need your story briefly. Um, we've only got, you know, minutes rather than hours and days. <laughs> but no what, what, what happened? Um, why did you start and when did you start drinking, do you think? Oh, gosh. I think, um, you know, that most people of my age probably started drinking in their teenage years. Yeah. Um, and it was perfectly normal drinking and smoking and going out every Friday and Saturday and mm. probably Thursdays as well. Yeah. Um, I guess in your 20s, you party hard. Uh, and I was always the first one there and always the last one to leave. Yeah. Um, I take great pride in drinking people under the table as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly the men, if they were trying to tell me they could drink more than me, I would, you know, <laughs> as a 90s ladette of the time, would try and drink them under the table. Yeah. Um, but I guess over the years, it became um, more obvious that I was drinking. I wasn't drinking, you know, I wasn't opening up a bottle of vodka on my cornflakes or anything like that. Mm. Um <clears throat> But I guess I was probably drinking five or six nights a week, hmm. um, bottle and a bit of wine. So would you say, what would the, be the reason for that? Was it just a social cu- <clears throat> culture social culture thing? or? Yeah, I think probably, well, well there's, that's a whole bigger story. But I do think it's a, um, cultural. I think it's the environment that you're brought up in. If it's very normal within your family, your friends, your circle, to be drinking and going out and partying and, and all the rest of it. It's, mm. it's normal. It's what you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess, and some of it was boredom. If I was, you know, I was living on my own, I was single, I'd drink a bottle of wine. It, normal things. So when you opened up at the beginning and you said, like, I had a problem with alcohol, it still gets me that I go, no, I didn't. But I, I, I did because even now I didn't think I had a problem with alcohol. But when I look back and actually see a bigger picture Mm. um but i'm probably very typical of lots of 40 something year olds um who enjoy you know a glass or a bottle of wine every Mm. night and um it it started to become a problem i was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired i guess is is where i got to so your body sort of rebelled against what you were doing to it yeah i mean i'd certainly put a lot of weight on i was smoking I've been an on and off smoker but drinking and smoking goes together in my head so the more I drank the more I'd smoke Mm. um and I was just waking up and feeling awful couldn't think straight at work relationships weren't working lots of arguments you know alcohol fuels a lot of that um, so it wasn't it wasn't really you know stress or your job or your work or your relationship or anything specific like that that's that caused you to drink 
No, no, not at all. I can't blame anyone else <laughs> for no. my actions. That's what I was digging was, for. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, no, I think there was – I did start to see a counsellor. I think there was some stuff going on um, in inside me that needed to, to come out, um, you know, things from when you're growing up and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I felt angry a lot of the time, so that's – where it started going to see a counsellor, talking about those sort of things. Mm. And then in a counselling session, I said, I wish I didn't drink. And she said, well, why don't you? And I burst out laughing. I was just, don't be ridiculous. Of course, I don't give up drinking. Because I really didn't see that drinking was a cause of of a lot of the problems that I had in my life. Yeah, understand. So um, when was the moment then... How long ago was the moment when you suddenly thought, that's it, I've had enough, my body's had enough, I've got to stop drinking? I guess it it wasn't like a definitive moment. So there was no like, you know, bolt of lightning or anything like that. But it was um, slowly over over about 18 months. So going to see my counsellor saying, and she said, why don't you drink? And then I started doing lots of things around mindfulness, trying to take up exercise, trying to lose weight. And I would do everything to try and help me feel more healthy. Mm. And, the, and the last sticking, um, sticky bit on it was the alcohol. Um, and so I thought about it for about 18 months. And then as it was coming towards the end of 2018, I thought January the 1st will be the day that I... I, I do it and I'm just going to see how I go and I've been researching on um, the internet for you know suitable books to read and maybe uh, you know websites to join that would give me that level of support because I knew I knew I needed it hmm. um, and did, also sorry go on who did you turn to for that help <clears throat> one year no beer they're just amazing and at first I thought oh well you have to pay to give up drinking I thought that's a rip-off and lots of people do think that and um but actually when I worked out how much I was spending on booze Mm. and cigarettes um it was a drop drop in the ocean (laughs) to what I was spending on that but I knew I needed the online support um on Facebook or in the private slack messenger group that there is um, I, I know I needed that level of support to keep me going because my circle of friends and family were all big drinkers. And so, you know, I needed to make sure that I had you know, somebody to cling on to when, when things got mm. rough. Did you give up um, smoking at the same time? Um, I gave up smoking probably two or three months into it. And then I was on and off because I thought well, if I can't drink, I, I deserve a cigarette. That's that's the way my brain worked at the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then a, a close friend of mine said, it's so interesting what you just said. And I said, what? And she said, that you think the only thing that you deserve, a cigarette, um, is something that's really bad for you. Why do you think that way? Mm. And it sort of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> so mm. I had another little chat with my counsellor about it all and mm. – um, and then just thought, well, I'll, I'll try try the cigarettes too. And um, yeah, so I haven't smoked since, oh, gosh, for about, well, probably about 16 months now, I think. That's really good. And um, how's the, so you, you went cold turkey, so to speak, as far mm-hmm. as the drinking's concerned, you just stopped, stopped dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. I do think that people who drink and smoke or have any other sort of um, addictions, um will be exactly the same kind of people so it's an all or nothing 
thing. I, I was never a, able to have a glass of wine with dinner. Um, I was na- never able to have a cigarette. It was always a bottle of wine, a bottle and a half, maybe even two bottles, and 20 cigarettes. Mm. So, yeah, I had, I had to do it. I had to go cold turkey. Um, but I mentally prepared myself for at least sort of a couple of months before I stopped that I knew that was going to happen. And I'd picked the date. And I decided that from that then on, I just wanted my life to change. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. I felt that I was just existing, really. I wasn't really living. No. Um, and I, I knew I had a lot more to give than just being the party girl. And Could you have a glass of wine now and you know, not want a second one? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have the desire to have one. Don't want to risk it. No. Well, it's not even that. I just think it's not worth it. Hmm. It's, there's everything that it promises to take to, to give you. So in all the marketing, you'll notice everyone's like really slim, really gorgeous, really young, really vibrant, and they're living their best lives. Um, or you're on TV shows and there's like a top detective and they have a bottle of whiskey every night, but they're still able to, you know, crack mm. the crime. Mm. Um, it's just nonsense. Yeah. And everything that the marketing companies try and sell you as that lifestyle for that particular drink is just nonsense. Um, and actually what it gives you is looking older, getting bigger, being unhappy um, yep. and stops you from living the dreams that you have. Yeah. Just it takes everything away from you. It doesn't it? Doesn't give you anything at all, in my opinion. And uh, how do you feel now in yourself? <laughs> now you've uh, given up for how long have you given up? What month? Oh gosh, it's uh, nineteen months today. Wow! Congratulations. So, thank you. This is well timed. <laughs> yes. Um, um, so how, yeah, do, you, how do you feel? How I feel amazing. Feel? Mm. I feel. Um, I've had lots of compliments on my appearance, and if you know. If you could see my, my my day one and today difference, it is quite shocking. I do look like a zombie on day one. Um, I've lost about two stone. I've taken up running again. I do yoga. I'm very into my gardening now. I've got no interest in going out to pubs and clubs and anything like that. In fact, being around lots of drunk people makes me feel quite um, vulnerable now because I know that if somebody has one too many, people can kick off and start arguing mm. and, um, and can make things feel a little bit moody. So I'm really happy. I've got a really good job. I'm really healthy. I've got a great man in my life. I've got two very beautiful dogs. Um, and I, I couldn't want for, for a better life at, at this point. It's brilliant. I love it. That's really good. Do you think that um, to a certain extent it's just uh, you getting older or growing up? that um, made you realise, you know, do you think that drinking is something that young people do, so to speak, to excess, or do you think it applies to everybody? Actually, do you know what? In my experience, I I work with a lot of young people because I'm now that old person in the office. Um, So they're all sort of in their early 20s, and they they don't drink anywhere near as much as as my... Mm my peers did me and my peers did so we're coming back to what we were talking about at the beginning about the the Mm. cultural peer pressure thing that everybody did it and that was the way life was in those days yeah it was just normal it's just what everybody did you know i was probably drinking at i don't know 14 15 and you know drinking far too much and getting into state like how, how i've managed to survive to be 45 i do not know because in my drunken states i've made a lot of bad decisions (laughs) 
and been to places I really shouldn't have been in and how I've managed to come through all unscathed I don't know hmm. um but yeah it's it's different different times now I think but no I to go back to your question I don't know if it's an age thing I think what happened was I got some help in terms of counseling hmm. about things that I'd gone through and not everybody has things they need to sort out in their head they're just like a drink that's just what they like yeah um but I just, I just, I don't think it was an age. I just wanted a different life. I just wanted to live the best life that I possibly could and feel healthy. And the thought of waking up with a hangover now just makes me go, oh, no, mm. thank you. Mm. Um, and, yeah. and actually, having given up, you probably wouldn't be able to drink as much as you did in those days because you do get used to it, don't you? So. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even like the smell of it anymore. No. So my, my favourite red wine was Malbec. Mm. And I oh, used to love Malbec. And then a friend of mine went out for dinner and a friend of mine had a glass of Malbec and the waitress brought it over and it literally just went underneath my nose. And the smell of it actually turned my stomach and I just thought, oh, how mm. could you even drink that? So I'll drink alcohol-free beer mm. and the alcohol-free, um, uh, not so much the wines, but the sparkling wines. Mm. Um, so if I go to a party or an event, I feel like I'm joining in. Mm. Um I've been to um, Hindus, holidays, parties, work events, all sorts of things, and got through them all alcohol-free and very smugly tucked up in bed for like 11 o'clock with a cup of tea, fully really happy with myself. <laughs> um, and then when I see everybody else walk, <laughs> walking around like zombies the next day, I just yeah. think, yeah, I, I don't want that anymore. You can get up at 6 o'clock in the morning without a headache. I literally do. I get up at, I did start getting up at five o'clock in the morning. I read a book about the 5 a.m. 5 miracle, I think it's called, or the morning miracle. Um, but since lockdown, I decided to have an extra hour in bed and I do get up at six and walk the dogs. Brilliant. So, yeah. What advice would you give to other people <clears throat> listening to this who think, wow, that's me, you know, exactly mm. me? Um, there, there, there will be lots and lots of people who can identify with um, that part of your life. What yeah. advice would you give to them? I would say think about the reasons that you want to do it. So if you want to give up, if you are the sort of person who, like me, cannot just have a drink of wine, you have a problem. Oh. <laughs> and you need to either learn to moderate that and all power to you if you can. Um, but I'm not one of those people. And so I would just say go for it. Just challenge yourself. Even if you do a month or two months or three months of, of not drinking, it will – 100% change your view on alcohol um, and if you can do a year or more then go for it you'll be living the best life that you possibly can and would you advise um, cutting it out like you did totally or cutting down yeah it, for me it's cutting out completely hmm. because it doesn't enrich your life in any way shape or form it's essentially poison in a fancy bottle is the way I view it now and I just think the same when I look at people smoking I now think why would you do that same people with drinking why why would you want to get so drunk drunk that you can't stand up or you're you know thrown up in the middle of the street or you're you know doing risky things that you really shouldn't be doing mm. um so for me if you if you can moderate brilliant but if you can't then it's it's an all or nothing situation mm. 
Kerry, you've been wonderful. Thank you very much for talking to Human Stories. Um, it's fascinating. As I say, what, what you've been talking to me about will definitely help lots of other people. So that's the whole idea of Human Stories. And I wish you all the best for the future and keep it up, that's all I can say. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tony. It's been really nice. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll somehow inspire and help other people. Get in touch if you've got a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to get your message across, contact me to chat about the very reasonable costs involved. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.